Hey there, friends. It's Nick. So I realize I'm a week late. I'm running a week behind with my last plus episodes. But I'm going to do this one on episode six, which came out last Monday, a week ago. Because it's really interesting. It's an episode where there is tons of conflict and almost no action. And I think it's relevant to us as business storytellers because, because when I talk to, to people about their stories, they are often concerned that they haven't they haven't done anything. And by done anything, I mean, they haven't climbed mountains or, you know, fought off a disease or, you know, whatever it is, they haven't done something physical. So there's not much story to tell, but of course, conflict is, is there, it's, it's something that's there at all levels of our being, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's social. And this is an episode, as I say, which is filled with conflict and it can give us some some ideas some examples of how of what conflict actually is because in the end it's not just two people you know fighting each other it's it's when our worldviews or our intentions cross paths cross purposes with either someone else something else or reality yeah we we, we enter into conflict and there's there's just so much conflict in this this episode. We've, we've moved on three months from the end of episode five with this the tragic shooting of the two friends that John and Ellie have made. Oh, by the way, there's going to be spoilers in this, as with all these episodes on The Last of Us. If you're watching it and you haven't seen, you know, just just skip this episode and I'll see you tomorrow. So we've moved on three months. We've also moved on physically. They are, I think they're in Wyoming now. It's it's not the kind of the, the post-apocalyptic sort of cityscapes taken over by plants and, and monsters anymore. It's these wide open spaces, these forested, snow-covered mountains, the, the, these, these lakes that are frozen over, these great snowfields. And they've also moved on in their relationship, of course, because it's been three months. So they are more comfortable with each other. Joel despite, despite his misgivings, is starting to feel much more as a father to Ellie. And as all of us know, who've been lucky enough to become parents, when you start to love something, when you start to love something that much, you start getting scared. You know, I was never really afraid of anything until my son was born, our first, first child. And then of course, you're afraid for so many things. And Joel is starting to feel that and he's starting to get panic attacks. You know, we've, we've had various things through the series that, that hint at the kind of the weakness. I've talked about fracturing the mask. They hint at the weakness beneath that kind of gruff, tough sort of survivor exterior. And this, this episode is going to crack some of those things right open because this episode sees the culmination of, of Joel's initial quest. If you remember back to episode one, the thing that got him moving, but the, the inciting incident was the fact that his brother, Tommy, who he feels responsible for, has stopped radioing them back. So Tommy must be in trouble. So I, Joel, must go and save him because saving people is, is what I do. And when we finally find Tommy in this episode, not only does he not need saving, he's living in a, a community that, that feels like a dream in this post-apocalyptic world. It's not the black 
Nazi-style martial law of federal. It's not the anarchic uh, world of the, of the the male gangs that that terrorise Kansas City. It is a functioning community of hundreds of people. Yes, they have big walls. Yes, they have guns to protect themselves, but they are farming. They are raising sheep. They are they're they're drinking beer. They are spending the evenings together as a community watching old movies. And this this is antithetical, of course, to the the things that Joel and Tess have done. You know, if you go back to the start, we know that they've done some pretty terrible things. When Tess, who's been bitten and knows she's gonna die, says to Joel, You've gotta you've gotta take Ellie, you've got to try and solve this this problem because maybe that will rebalance the scales and make up some of the things we've done. And they've been doing these morally dubious, perhaps morally black things. And they've been able to do them because they've been able to say to themselves, this is the only way to survive, to, to cheat, to steal, to kill. This is how we, su we survive. And we know, and we know from past conversations that Joel has killed innocent people so that he could live, so that Tommy could live in the early days of the, of the infection. So, so this, this community of Jackson shows Joel how wrong he is. Tommy didn't need saving and there were, there was a better way to, to build a life. And of course, while this should make him happy, it's, he's in full on conflict and in part of this episode, you'll see him break down almost Pedro Pascal doing a great great piece of acting in the scene where he essentially says he essentially admits how he's feeling about Ellie and and explains to his brother why he can't take her on any further because he's failing he knows he's going to fail like he did with Sarah like he did with his daughter and it's a really emotional kind of moment and and you know drama on tv drama is all melodrama in some sense right but we've all had those moments you know you've got that moment in your backstory where you've You've been concerned about failing. You've been concerned about the consequences if you don't do something. And it's conflict. It's, co it's internal conflict, but it's conflict. And it's really important to distinguish between that and the kind of conflict that happens when you, I don't know, you sail across the Atlantic, like I did. Um, you know, you run a marathon or what have you. It's just as real and we can make it real in our stories and it will resonate with people because we've all had doubts, we've all had fears, we've all had that kind of stuff. So that's internal conflict, Joel with himself. There's a scene later on where Maria, who is Tommy's wife now, Maria is a smart lady. She's one of the leaders of this community. She was a district, assistant district attorney, I think, before the outbreak. And she and Ellie are having a conversation. It's very short. And what we see is Maria cutting Ellie's hair, which is a mum thing, right? And we haven't seen we haven't seen Ellie with any kind of mum figure. The nearest we've got is Marlene, the Firefly leader at the start of the show, who effectively sees Ellie as a solution more than a person and hands her off to Joel and Tess to, to take her to where she needs to go. So here we have Maria cutting Ellie's hair and there's not just a mum action going on here, there's mum energy as well because Maria is worried. First of all, she... She lets it drop that Joel had a daughter, which is news to Ellie, but kind of explains Joel a bit. 
Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said anything. No, it's okay. I guess that explains him a little. Look, I'm not going to ask you what you're doing with him. Good. But there are clearly things you don't know about Joel. Oh, like how he used to kill people? I know about that. So then you understand my concern. He doesn't do that anymore. He stopped killing people? Innocent ones. And Tommy did it too. Are you worried about him? Tommy was following Joel. The way you are now. Well, maybe I'm smarter than Tommy. No offense. You are definitely smart. Would have made a hell of a lawyer. There's a whole lot you're not telling me. Good. Herein lies the point. Be careful who you put your faith in. The only people who can betray us are the ones we trust. And like many of the the beats in this series, of course, like any good storytellers, these guys, these writers, they know where the story is going. And they are layering things in. There's a moment. There's a moment later in this episode, and Joel has tried to get rid of Ellie. And there's a fantastic scene that I'll talk about another time that's taken almost directly word for word from the game. Um, but Joel has, he's tried to, to sort of, um, to get Tommy to take Ellie on. And she's going to do it. She's going to go leave without Joel. But he can't do it in the end. And he says to her, you deserve a choice. And like the only people who can betray us are the ones we trust. You deserve a choice is a beautiful, it's a beautiful call forward to things that will happen later in the series. And uh, this other source of conflict that's coming. And of course, just to round off at the end of the episode, there's a really interesting thing where in the game, they're searching, they've left Jackson, they're searching for the Firefly base in the university, on this university campus. And there's a big series of fights. And in the game, Joel ends up effectively falling from a first floor onto a, a piece of metal, like a metal spike, an old broken piece of something or other. And it punches right through him. And it's very clear in the game straight away that this is a really significant wound. Uh, and this is in a game where you can heal yourself from bullet wounds, right? Uh, and that's the point in the game where you, you stop controlling Joel and you start controlling Ellie. And what's interesting in the, in the show is that as, as they've done all the way through, all the way through, they have toned down the violence. They've toned down the physical conflict to focus on the character conflict. And here again, as I said at the start of this, you know, the, the, the action sequence in this, this episode is really five seconds. It's almost five seconds. There's a guy who comes for Joel, Joel kills him. And when the guy goes down, Joel realized that he's been stuck with the end of a baseball bat. You know, he's got, he's got like the, 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 the broken, the shattered end of a baseball bat stuffed into him like a dagger. And this is a serious wound in the context of a show which takes violence much more seriously than a game ever would. And of course it's leading us into, um, a really dark time. And in fact, the kind of the opposite thematically, the opposite of that world of Jackson, where you can, you can pour yourself a beer and have a, you know, 
have some food and watch a movie with your family. Anyway, it's really interesting how the levels of conflict in this show can give us some insight into how we can tell our business stories, bringing conflict to the fore without them having to be big, massive, arcing, you know, whatever, physical quests. Yeah. And it's, this is the way that we make sure that our story means business. And if you want to dig deeper into how to do that, search online for story.business. Bye now.